Hello and welcome to the Split Real Podcast. I'm Steve Packnick and joining me as always, he's stepping back into the Spider-Verse. It's Gabe Acevedo. I am Spider Boricua. That's who I am. I don't oh wait, that, that is Miles already, basically. So sure. I don't know what that means. Boricua's Puerto Rican. Oh, okay. You teach countries, Steven. Yeah, but I don't speak Spanish, so <laughs> plus Puerto Rico's not a country. It's a part of the United States. So rude. Yeah. Well, they even say it in the movie. So rude. But that is different true. Story. They do. That, yeah, that's movie, a difference. Is... Yeah. They, they, this is not a podcast about colonialism. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? I'm doing great. I mean, there's a there's a sweet smoke uh, warning right now here because we're getting <laughs> massive smoke warnings and air quality issues from all those wildfires in Quebec. So right now the visibility is like maybe a quarter mile, which is really bad. And there's all these alerts that are like, close all your windows and stay inside because it's really bad out there. So and you're it's basically really bad living, You're basically living in Blade Runner 2049, just orange and <laughs> no visibility. Yeah, actually it is. It's quite... It's quite yellow out right now. It's there really you go. Yeah, it's really fascinating. Cinematography it brought to you by Roger Deakins. Yeah, that, this is Roger Deakins. Right there. That's what it looks like. So all those movies look like. Just I saw. Out um, I saw a, uh, um, a meme that said um, it was pictures of specifically New York uh, with everything that's going on with the fires and over there in the Northeast, and it was like, well, I guess Hollywood can't say this is Mexico anymore. With the orange filter in every single <laughs> <Yeah>. movie. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. That's really funny. That's a good like deep cut. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, if you make like you can make any place, any city Mexico by just putting an orange filter on it, apparently. That's, yep. you, that's what they do. Because apparently you go to Mexico and it's orange. <laughs> apparently. Uh, I, I guess. At least that's what sure. we associate with it. Yeah, you're good. You're down. Uh, you're on vacation right now. You're, you're back. You're back in your homeland, huh? I am. I'm in Puerto Rico, um, in the island that is not a country. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm home for a couple of weeks. That'll be fun. It's hotter here than it is when I where I live in the desert, which is ridiculous. But at least but, you got the beach, right? But at least I got the beach, and I'm gonna start going to the beach tomorrow. So at least Sounds I got water and breeze. That's good. Big water. Big water. We big got water. There's about a that. lot of big water. Speaking of big things, uh, we had a comic book movie that came out this weekend, and it is uh, a massive success, I would say. A big, a big, big hit. Uh, it, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse just came out, and we're going to be talking about that today and all of its ins and outs, its ramifications. It is really quite something, I, I'll, I'll say. I mean, I, I don't know how much I was expecting this or anticipating this movie, really. Um, the first movie I thought was really fun. I saw that. I don't even know if I saw that in theaters, but I, I don't really remember which says we did a it. Bit about we did it. We didn't see it together. I don't know. Did we? I I I know I saw it. It was what twenty eighteen. Maybe we did see it together. I I, I don't believe, I I don't know why. I think I have a feeling we saw it together. We honestly probably did. Yeah. <laughs> it just the problem is it didn't leave that big of an impression on me from like a theatrical like experience. I guess. Um, but I I, I liked it a lot. I thought it was really unique, but man, I wasn't as taken with it. You were much more taken with that, weren't you? Um, the first one. Yes and no. I can see what you're saying. Um, that it it was it felt looking at it now, especially with the release of the second one, it felt very of its moment that I was taken aback by it when it came out. Um, I don't know if it was COVID or whatever. You know, this movie came out five years ago. 
Um, and then I kind of forgot about it. And I don't mm-hmm. mean that in a bad way because I do think it's a fantastic first film. Um, but it was, I just, you know, put it out of my mind to the point that I forgot that this one was coming out. I thought this one was coming out like in July or August. And then suddenly I'm like, oh, it's coming out next week. I should get tickets. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the big things. It did just kind of sneak up on me. I didn't expect this to come out right now. The last one, I think, came out in, like, December, didn't it? Wasn't it, like, a, a late-year release? I like, think so, yeah, because, you know, they were vying for the Oscar, which they ended up winning. Yeah, and, I, you know, I and to be honest, I think they have a very good shot of winning it again with Absolutely. this one. Um, were you excited about this new installment? Um, again, it goes with what I was saying. I was really excited because I know they were making it. Um, but, like you said, it sneaked up on me. I kind of forgot it was coming out. Um and and then suddenly like a week or like 10 days ago i'm like oh it's coming out yeah i need to get tickets so yes i was excited um to see it i've been waiting for it um especially because a couple years ago they announced that it was going to be split into two films so it's a you know it's a sequel but it'll be like a part one and part two of the finale of the second movie um so yeah i was really excited for it for me i was i wasn't as excited because i don't know like the trailer was a little bit confusing and it looked like a lot and i didn't know exactly what to go with it and i forgot what the first one was really about to be That's totally fair. honest well to be fair when you walk into the movie it is confusing and it is a lot <laughs> yeah it is confusing and it's a lot but you know when that's the that's going into the movie stepping out of it though what were your reactions immediate reactions stepping out of the theater i'm blown away completely blown away uh i thought it was fantastic it is an acid trip in the best way possible uh, could you imagine this be on acid though could you imagine this on acid that'd be insane that, insane insane Not that i've ever done acid or know anything about it but like jeez <laughs> it's insane you know this is a psychedelic acid trip um i i think that's the best comparison i, I really do think it's just a full-blown acid trip it starts off at a 10 and it just goes off into like a 20 by the last 20 minutes um but i was like Oh, this is good to the point that everybody in the theater when I said it was packed. Um, I have a feeling a lot of people didn't know it was a two-parter and that it was gonna be literally just cut. And all you could hear, there were like three people as soon as it cut it to black, were like, Fuck, no. And I'm like, okay, you weren't people were invested and they want the second part. I think that's one of the things that's really interesting is I I, I did remember it was a two-parter because I remember them saying like it's going to be part one and part two, but then they change it to across the Spider-Verse and beyond the Spider-Verse, which is going to be the the sequel to it. Um, yeah, people need to know it's a it's a two-parter because it, you know, it. we'll talk about the ending later, but um, yeah, it, it's important to know that it sets it up quite easily. But I mean, stepping out of it, I mean, first of all, stepping into the theater, it was packed. It's absolutely packed on a Tuesday. You know, I saw it last night at we record this on Wednesday, but um, I saw it last night and it was packed, absolutely packed. Like this parking lot was full, tons of people in the lobby on a Tuesday, which is like really surprising for something like this. And like, did you see it, it in State College? Yeah, it was sold out. It was sold out um, because like people were trying to buy tickets and they couldn't get into the the one we were in, so it was sold out for that. And like, so it was it was great. It was a really crowded theater. Um, we didn't get a huge reaction from the theater. I mean, our theaters are a little bit less crowded, as it were, because yeah, we have the recliner seats and stuff. So it it like halves the amount of people that could sit in a theater. So you don't get as much of the crowd reaction. The guy actually sitting next to me was breathing very heavily, so that was kind of distracting. But that's a different story. Uh, but I, coming out of it, I was really impressed. Like going in, I was impressed with the fact that it was, you know, full. I 
on a Tuesday, but then walking out, I was really impressed. I thought this was this this lived up to the hype because you know a lot of people are talking about like it's one of the best movies of the year. It's you know a five star film, all this stuff, and you know that creates a lot of expectation. You know this has this has a nine point one on IMDb, which I mean that doesn't mean a lot to many people, but. That's really, I think, really I high. I think it's the highest rated superhero movie on IMDb right now. It might be the highest rated movie on IMDb. It's one of the, it's the, right now on Letterboxd. It is the highest rated movie on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. That's 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 wild to me. That's wild to me. Like that's the people are there. That's like saying it's better than Parasite or better. Uh, you know, uh, again, like, we're, like it's it, not. It, <laughs> that is very. Um, oh, my God. What is his name? Oh, that's very Gabe. It's very hyperbole yeah. coming out of the film. Right. So, you yeah. know. We had to wait a couple months and then we're like, oh, yeah, of course, it's fantastic. It may not be like the best, highest rated movie of all time, but, you know, it's very me, very hyperbolic, like, oh, my yeah. God, this is the best movie of all time. Kind of yeah, <laughs> it's funny. I didn't I mean, it definitely lives up to the, some of the hype. I mean, I think it really is. Absolutely. I think it is. It is definitely, definitely one of the best movies of the year so far. Um, It, it just looks incredible. What I what I actually appreciated in our theater, there was a warning on the door that said, um, Due to request, they've actually turned up the volume on the movie a little mm-hmm. bit because it was a little bit quieter, I guess. So they turned it up so, so that you can really feel it. And that really worked for me. I mean, it worked really well that they turned it up because I want to feel the movie. I want to hear it. And and this movie has a lot going on. So you, you need to be totally engaged in it. Mm-hmm. And I think it really worked. This was a, This was a really fun time at the movies. It was visually stunning we'll talk about all these things the story was complex and, and riveting the acting was great like it, it's really quite an, a theatrical experience for sure agreed 100 it is everything <laughs> this movie is literally everything everywhere all at once <laughs> it, it is in, in a way that like is is more than that uh it's it's so fascinating now like from the top there are so many things to highlight about this that like we really liked and really want to celebrate i mean you know, we could start we could start with the visual aspect right i mean Ooh. visually this is quite unique you know the the film has style out of this world it's so unique by comparison you know before before the first movie i mean this really does pick up where the first movie dropped left off um and it was something that we've seen so many animated films over the you know centuries <laughs> like century i guess like we have we really have we have seen like the last 100 years we've had crazy mm-hmm. amounts of animation Animation hadn't really evolved much uh, throughout that time, throughout the first like 80 years of filmmaking, right? Um, And then like maybe in the 90s, we started to get, we were introduced to new visual styles. I mean, mean, granted in like the the, the 80s, we started getting like more Japanese animation and anime, you know, which is a different visual style from the classic Disney and other type styles. And then in the 90s, we ended up getting a little bit more introduction of CGI, mm-hmm. like computer graphics with the animation style as well, which was one thing that you started to get with some of the Renaissance movies of Disney. And then, you know, obviously with Disney Pixar, it all blew up again. And then that that parlayed into the 2000s where we had that very similar style uh, that evolved with, you know, DreamWorks and all these other like Sony animation and all of these different styles that went up until really the last five years that have been every movies basically look the same. Like we know what they're going to look like. We know what all these characters are going to look like. We know how it's going to be designed. But then the last like five years or so, um, not that we haven't before. I mean, there's, there's been really unique movies before this, but in the last five years, I'd say 
there's been a huge shift. Um, and I think people have been pushing the envelope with what animation can be. And this film, the first film takes this, takes a completely different approach. It really creates a comic book aesthetic to animation. Mm -hmm. It looks like you're watching the, the panels of a comic, comic book come across and it's, it's a big risk. I'd say with the first one. And then this one just elevates it even more. Why does it work so well? Why did it uh, work? It's it, because it's literally everything everywhere all at once. It's just like, it's kaleidoscopic, right? It's a kaleidoscope of animation. Um, Del Toro, who just won the Oscar for animated movie for, for Pinocchio said it best, animation is cinema. And I think this is um, proof of that. How, because this movie um, is not safe. You could say to a point that this movie might be very experimental with the mix of animation styles in it. Um, you have, you know, you have your traditional hand-drawn animation. You have watercolor animation. There was stop motion. There's CGI. There's computer base. There's just every single style of animation. There's live action, obviously. Um, every single style of animation is in this movie. Um, and we said it at the beginning. This is very high sensory overload kind of film. But I think when it goes back to understanding what you're doing, and I think the the people who work on this movie understand what they were doing, and they were doing literally a quote-unquote live-action comic book film. And and that's what we got. It, it, it just, it's moving you from page to page. And I think the animation in this, which is literally every single style of animation, it just hits where it needs to hit in a fantastic way, especially when it's well done, the way it's done. The, the way, even though this movie takes you at a 20 since the beginning and it has every single style of animation, I also think there is time to breathe and appreciate what we're seeing on screen. So we're not losing what we're seeing. So I think that's just the marvel of, of this film specifically. Was that a pun intended in that? Maybe, maybe not. I'm smart <laughs> sometimes, Steve. I think this sometimes. is uh I think I think you're right. This this is something that is quite stunning. The the uh the choice of using like hand drawn animation, watercolor stills, um the, the comic book aesthetic where you, you even see like zoomed in on different spots where the background gets blurry, or you see the, the different the two tone shift of the background where you see some color of lines like where you see the two like the the blue and the and the cyan or the cyan and the purple uh color there that makes up those those things for like 3D aspects, but they're not 3D. You see the comic book dots, you know, like the yep. classic comic book style. You even see um like panels that are written in. You see like writing and and, and stuff like titles on the screen written in that style as well to like give you more information. What I have to highlight, you know, it's the which is great is you know, this is a multiversal movie. I mean, obviously it's the Spider-Verse, so we know it's multiversal and we go to different universes and every single different universe has a slightly different style. Some are drastically different from others. You know, certainly you have really wildly different ones, Um, you know, where, I mean, it starts off where, you know, it's it's in one universe, which is a lot heavily watercolored where we, we start off in, in Gwen's universe, mm -hmm. uh, Spider, Spider-Gwen, you know, character and, hers is a lot more watercolor. And then you go into it, what crashes in there is you have someone who is from, what did they say? A Leonardo da Vinci world yeah, basically. Vinci and everything world. is, 
is drawn in that style, which is really fascinating. So and then it pops it pops over to Miles Morales's world, which is a little bit more coherent and a little bit more clean. Still mm-hmm. colors that pop quite a lot, but it's a little bit cleaner than, say, Gwen's world. And then you go to a couple of other worlds, which are like ones futuristic with very easy CGI. You have one um, with really rough comic. You have one that's like, I mean, I don't want to spoil. Should we spoil anything right at this point? So countdown five, four, three, two, one. Spoilers you, incoming, people. You go to a Lego world for a second, which I was oh, like, God. this is awesome. This is so cool. <laughs> um, Everything is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like this has to be like a an animator's dream and yep. also a nightmare at the same time right yeah but i mean yes it could be a nightmare but i think when you when when they're clear on what they want to do and when you give them this freedom and they have a clear vision i think it helps i think um you know we're talking about all these animation styles and i was reading up on on this movie um especially the character my favorite character one of my top two favorite characters in the film, um, Spider-Punk. Yeah, uh, and very how cool character. A phenomenal character. I'm like, where is he going? And then we later find out what he does. Um, how his, like, I think he's a great example. Um, I was reading that his character, just Spider-Punk alone, has, I think it was like 15 or 16 animation styles in his body. Like his yeah. body is constructed in six, 15 or 16 different animation styles, meaning his body is moving at different frame rates. Um, diff- you have drawn CGI, watercolor, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, and that's where the nightmare comes. Imagine being the creator of that character and they're like, oh, I want you to use, I don't know, a dozen animation styles in one character. That is crazy, but the end result is just so damn cool and it just really really works it seems like there's there's you know there's a ton of work that goes into making this i mean there's all these different styles whether you know it's within like like you said uh you know spider punk or when you meet when you go into the what is it what is it mumbai matin is that what it is mumbai atten where they go to like where they go like the indian version of, of it which is really cool. And you meet uh, Bavitha Farker, which I think is a funny name too. And that style looks quite different and visually compelling. And you know, everybody, it, there's so much that goes into this. And I think it, it really works. And what I really like too is, you know, we, we meet a ton of Spider-Man as well. As well, we meet, you know, tons of different Spider-Mans. And <laughs> tons, we meet hundreds and hundreds and we hundreds do. of Spider-Man. And they're Crazy. designed, they're designed differently. They're drawn differently. But what I appreciate too is it it, it goes into some context of the story of spider-man as a comic book you know we can see all of the different spider-mans throughout the history of it and it's an interesting callback there's like easter eggs sprinkled throughout this that like you know for for me as a casual viewer and fan i I miss most of but you know i i know enough as a casual fan to, to be able to pick up on a ton of them and it's really it's really fascinating it pays homage to the history of this franchise, it, you know, where it has been, where it's going, you know, it, it's such an interesting thing because the the character of Spider-Man is such an old character. And I think that's one of the things that really works for this. And it's been, he's been drawn by, you know, I don't know how many different like creators mm-hmm. and different artists over, you know, the 70 years that Spider-Man's been around. 
And what I like is this pays homage to like all of the different stylings of Spider-Man throughout that time, you know, with the, the ones of the last 10 years, like Miles Morales is a new version of Spider-Man. This one, this one is new. They created him like in the last 10 years where, you know, the Peter Parker version is one that's extremely old. You know, that's, that's the original one. And, but from there, you see like all of these different artists who had different points. Like one is where, you know, you could see the different styles with like the very basic ones, the more complex ones, the ones where they draw them a little bit simpler and darker. And then the ones where like, there's a character in this, who's like the ripped Spider-Man who's like constantly <laughs> talking about like where he's looking and all of this different stuff. Um, you know, which I thought was a really interesting choice. Like, you know, where, yeah. cause there was a, there was a big period too, where they were drawing spy superheroes, you know, with extremely like bulk, uh, muscle definition. Yeah. And that was a really interesting character to see too. And it's just like it, it, I don't know. It's, it's really interesting. I was going to get to this a little bit later. Um, we even get a spider Rex. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That was wild. We even wild. get a spider Rex, a spider T-Rex. Yeah. It is so cool. <laughs> There's a spider car. There's like, a spider car. And so also weird. kudos. This movie finally did the Spider-Man meme in a great way. It did. It blew it up a little <laughs> bit more than it. Yeah, it was funny. It was so good. It was really, really funny. Um, one thing I, I, I was going to talk about a little bit later, but we could start talking about the the story right now, um, you know, which I think is a very difficult one to thread. It's a, it's a very complex story, you know, multiple universes, multiple Spider-Man, multiple narratives. How were they able to keep this? Like how successful were they at, at keeping this story straight and really executing a coherent plot? Listen, you told me how, what I walked away with. And one of the things I walked away with is like, how the hell did they do the story in this film? Um, because it is, it's, it's a very complex story, but it's told in an even more complex way, um, because you're jumping from universe to universe, right? I think that a lot of, well, now movies are tackling the multiverse thing, right? And I think, um, they've had two movies for me back to back that have done it pretty well, which is everything everywhere. And now, um, Spider-Man, um, and the fact that they, they work this story in a way that is continuously threaded from multiverse to from multiverse to multiverse it is crazy because you never feel that even when you're jumping you never feel that the story is being lost right this can and in it all and at the end as a viewer i was like well what's going on why what is happening and then they connect it really well in that scene with miguel and when he's explaining everything and you're like holy crap this is amazing and when you think about it what you've seen because this movie's long it's like two hours and 15 minutes what you've seen the hour and a half prior you're like now it makes sense now i understand why this is happening now i understand the hesitation around mile um every other character around miles and stuff um i just thought it was it, it was i i i <laughs> i can't believe they pulled off not only the visuals but the storytelling that they do in this movie because this is one hell of a screenplay. Oh, yeah. I can only imagine what the screenplay itself looks like because you have to tell the visual cues. I mean, if you don't yep. know, scripts have visual cues on them and mm -hmm. kind of visualize this is insane. But story-wise, I think the actual plot and narrative, what makes it so successful is they boil it down to the basics. They, the, the story itself is pretty simple. It's Miles is trying to find out his place in the world and his role as spider-man and what that means 
Um, and that's that's you know a classic Spider-Man story. That's it picks up a little bit more and, and evolves onto a little bit more than uh into the Spider-Verse, where he's just struggling with his identity in general. And then to layer on this top I, on top of this with you know an even deeper look at identity with as being a superhero as well and like finding your place in the world. It's really such a fascinating thing. But they they boil it down to that and his relationship with his parents and his relationship with like father figures, I think is a really important part mm-hmm. of this. And that's the important that's a that's the crucial part of all Spider-Man movies is the relationship with the father figure. You know, and they boil it down to this in such a simple way, but then also a very comp it's a complex way of telling a simple story. And that's something I think that people can follow pretty well and can wrap wrap their heads around. And I think one of the things that's really important is is this next point here where it only works with Spider-Man. This movie can only work within Spider-Man because Spider-Man is one of the three big superheroes it's, it's spider-man superman and batman those are the three mm-hmm. biggest superheroes there's there's no other question like you can people could throw out other superheroes but it's not those are it's, the big three spider-man batman and superman those are the three biggest ones but spider-man is is it's probably in that order actually now it's probably reverted to that order spider-man top then batman then superman. superman those are the those are the top three um and Spider-Man is one of these ones that's like such an interesting hero because the level of recognition is there. The level of trust above any other hero is there. His story is also super easy to understand. And it's been told so many times. I mean, in the last 20 years of cinema, we've seen Uncle Ben die. <laughs> like, over die. and over and over yeah. again. It's like watching the Waynes die. Okay, we've seen it happen a lot. <laughs> we know it happens. But understanding that story is such an important part of understanding this movie because as like we talked about, I mean, again, we're, we're kind of spoiling it a little bit within this, but the idea of canon is really, really important within this movie. Mm-hmm. That's what that character, Miguel, that's what his whole idea is. He recognized that when you break canon, when you break the idea of the story of Spider-Man, the world falls apart. Chaos ensues. Yeah. It literally, it literally consumes and destroys that universe if you if you don't have the canon of Spider-Man correct. And if you don't know the canon of Spider-Man, then this makes this movie a little more complex and more difficult to understand. And like you might not get it as much, but going into it, you know, we've seen we've had 20 years of Spider-Man in theaters. You know, we've had three different Spider-Man that we've seen, plus this Spider-Man. You know, maybe you watch the television shows growing up. You know, I don't know what your relationship is with Spider-Man, but like, you know, it's it's been it's it's very well known. He's bitten by a radioactive spider, gets his superpowers, and then his uncle Ben dies. Like that that hap- that's that's what that's, it is. That's, that's what that. happens. That's Spider-Man. Um and it's it's really important for that. And you know, I think that that's one of those things that uh is really good for this because I think with without having it be Spider-Man, this couldn't work. What did you think of the idea of the take on canon? I love it. I love it because I think it's not only a take on canon, but it's also kind of disrupting the canon. Um, you mm-hmm. know, it's this idea of like, uh, it's, <laughs> I I saw a post that said that this is not only for like nerds and geeks, 
But this movie is also critiquing nerds and geeks and how they get butt hurt when something in like their canon gets disrupted, right? Um, and I think that was really cool. I like that every again with the storytelling, how they all seemingly every single Spider-Man who is in that because that's not every single Spider-Man that there is, because there's only a select no. few thousand yeah. of Spider-Man in the in the group, right? We know um, there's like at least fifty thousand worlds that we exactly. know. It's like an infinite universe. Yeah. But what's in there who are the Spider-Man that are in the HQ um understand this idea that this needs to happen because if not, this will happen, right? And yeah. I think that threading that line is really is just really fascinating because they understand that in our world, there's always going to be loss referring to uncle Ben, right? Either uncle Ben or the father or, or, or the, you know, there's this version of a male figure that you have to lose in order to and send you on your path to be a Spider-Man. And then for the butthurt people that are like, Oh, you disrupted the canon. In this case, I think Miguel exemplifies that very well. Other, of course, with other ramifications in the movie. Um, it's just like, Oh, you know, how do we play around with the canon? How do we play around with what's supposed to happen? And then at the end of the movie, you have this group that you're like, maybe, I'm assuming, because we don't know the second part, but maybe we don't have to be so hard if the canon gets disrupted and we can work mm-hmm. with, uh, with or around that. Um, but again, it's masterful storytelling, how they manage all those threads to, like you said, something that we've, been, we've known since forever, because this is the story of Spider-Man. I mean, I think that's it's such an interesting point, too, because like it does beg that question, though, is like the canon is extremely important to Spider-Man, you know, uh, and uh, the understanding that like, you know, in order for you to really fully become Spider-Man, you have to experience some big loss, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's I think I was watching this. I saw this with Kayla last night and she she said is this he gives off a lot of like Thanos wasn't wrong vibes mm. right because like well Miguel Miguel the the character uh in, in this saying that like you know you have to let someone die in order to do this and it's a really important thing like you have to lose like the to be Spider-Man the idea is you have to experience loss in order to actually fully become Spider-Man yep because with out the loss like if you look at any other spider-man movie you know or, or like spider-man as a character you know if we go back to the first one the first one's probably the easiest one you know when we when we got the first movie with toby Maguire, without uncle ben dying uncle ben like delivers like the, the the classic line with great power comes great responsibility right and and then he dies uh and that's when peter parker really internalizes the thoughts and, and ideas of it and turns into spider-man you know he he doesn't have that beforehand because he you know if you think about it just before that if if uncle ben didn't die in that moment he wouldn't he would still like ben you know this kid fighting in cages and, and doing this stuff you know like that's what yeah. he's doing just before that happened yeah. in that movie and, and you know tying it to like that specific example of right before he the you know responsibility part he lets the guy that ends up killing uncle ben go in the wrestling thing because the guy wouldn't pay him yeah like the full money and he was being robbed right so it's like you have that example like oh if i would have done this and then this would have would not have happened and it's this it's this idea that without that idea without that important death 
you don't have the character actually evolve. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you think about it within the Spider-Man universe, like in, in canon, you know, if his if his uncle or his 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 parental figures don't die, then he doesn't have that loss that helps him fuel his idea and drive forward. You know, it's like if if you know it, it, canon can be really important in different stories as well. Like if you know Batman's parents weren't murdered, he would probably just be you know some rich white guy in a city and just he would be he just, would be Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He'd turn into Musk. Uh, you know, that's that's kind of where he'd be. You know, and it's it's really important for this. And I thought it was really interesting, but also the idea that you know you can buck this canon. You can say like, no, I'm going to change my fate. I'm going to change it. And it's interesting to see Miles struggle with this because the the most interesting thing about Spider-Man and every Spider-Man movie kind of capture this in different ways. And I think this is actually best captured in the Tom Holland version of Spider-Man, I would say. Um, and that's the Peter Parker aspect of it. You know, Peter Parker is Spider-Man, but Spider-Man's also Peter Parker. And there's there's a really interesting part of that. And this is with the thing of the double life here. And Miles, and that's a big theme in this one where Miles Morales is like alone and he's struggling with like being Miles Morales mm -hmm. while also having to be Spider-Man. And you know, that's such an interesting thing. That's the most compelling part of it. Cause you know, there's a lot of iconic characters with double lives. You know, I mean, Superman is Clark Kent. We all know this. That's a really important one as well. But like none quite hit as hard as spider-man you know he's still in this he's a 15 year old and he's kid. also a kid yeah he's 15 years old and just trying to be a 15 year old kid and has to be spider-man and you know that that's like one thing that i think is really fascinating where he's trying to be like well i could do things differently than all these other spider-man you know he has his peter parker mentor you know the one that's voiced by jake johnson who i think is great in this but uh you know, he has that and he's, he's like, I don't need to be this. I don't need to be all these other characters. Um, you know, he's constantly told don't do stuff. You know, we, we, it never works out. Um, you know, don't tell your parents. It never works out all this type of stuff. And like, he's like, but maybe it could. And I just think it's a really interesting idea to, to bring in that sort of challenging of Canon in, in a way that's really fascinating with a character who is Canon is so ingrained in us and the double life, uh, the uh, double identity that, this character in, in bodies is such a fascinating one, I would say. Agreed. A hundred percent. Do you think this is the sort of like the peak of modern animation? Um, I think we're, we're heading there and probably this is definitely, I, I think this definitely set the standard for animation for at least the, uh, for the next decade, because we all know, well, we, we don't all know if you don't know animation movies are not like regular movies that you can sit down and do in three months and then release next year. Anim animated movies take years. Usually four to five years is like what an animated movie takes to do, um, if not longer. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with animation in the next 10 years. I think this movie has completely blown off the roof on what is possible, on being more experimental, um, on being um, a risk taker, and on stepping away from like what we're used to. Quote unquote, Disney, <laughs> give us new stuff um so I, I i you could say that it's the i i'm not ready to say this is the peak of animation but i well, would say we're might be getting there what about peak of like animation storytelling like are we yes. getting at like we're, we're this is this, right now this is at the highest of that i think yes i agree. animated storytelling yes um i think visually it's it's you know completely riveting and unique 
Um, and story-wise, I mean, it's it's incredible what they were able to craft here. I mean, I, agreed. Yeah. Now, now just, there are. It's just so smart. It was just so so smart how the animation. There are moments of silence, especially my biggest example will be towards the end when Gwen um, is having a conversation with her father. Um, there are moments of silence in that conversation that the animation tells the story. Mm-hmm. Um, the gradient and how everything changes is just so stunning. Uh, and there's a few seconds in between that conversation and blocks of seconds that there's no word said and it's the animation that tells the story. So when you're using animation to tell a story as well, um, or the visual aspect of animation to tell the story as well, it is just chef's kiss. Yeah, I would say there, there's a lot of good moments like that. And, you know, it, it borrows from other films, you know, certainly of the past. It, it does borrow those those moments of silence, I think, are really uh, a, a, a great card out of the Miyazaki films. You know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we have great storytelling. You know, you, you can look at some of those Miyazaki films like, you know, Spirit Away, which has incredible storytelling and it is Ugh. quite unique. You can go back to the 80s with like a movie like Akira, which is like, you know, incredibly like. Yep like explosive and and like adrenaline driven film um you know you can there's so many different ones you can look at for for these types of things but this is really just very much of the moment i would say it's it can only come out now um with the all the all the stuff that's hitting you you know (laughs) there's so much it's so visually stimulating that to me it gets a little bit overwhelming at different points but, but you know that's just that might be just me but like it is also wildly compelling. Uh, it's what they're able to do with the story as well is I think something that's an achievement. I think this is showing that we can take stories that we thought were only for TV series, like, you know, mm-hmm. Spider-Man or, or comic book movies. We, we, we saw them so much in, in like this live action. There was such a drawing for that, but really, and we, we've seen these animated ones too, but they were only on TV. You know, like I watched the animated Spider-Man growing up. I watched X-Men growing up. I watched the Batman Superman adventures. I've seen, you know, all the different iterations of X-Men, all the different iterations of Spider-Man, all the different iterations of Batman, all of these different things growing up. Um, And, you know, then we made them into full length movies with real actors. And then they're like, wait, we can actually tell the stories we want to tell aren't working in the visual medium like the multiversal stuff within the mcu has been unsuccessful it's just it looks bad the stories are incoherent none of it really makes sense Mm -hmm. this looks incredible the the storytelling is awesome and it just makes sense and works i feel like we're gonna see more of this and none of the so there's a lot of nostalgia in this movie None of the nostalgia aspects when you're jumping from multiverse to multiverse makes you go, oh, here we go. Yeah. And it's well done. Whereas, example, Marvel, because Spider-Man, you know, this is Sony with Marvel. Um, whereas Marvel, so many times, every sometimes, so many times when there's a cameo or a scene, I'm like, oh, like why? It's just good yeah. service at this point. It made sense in this movie. There's like, there was one part where I wasn't a big fan of. Uh, but beyond which that, one like, we the, said spoilers so they'll know they're, they're, oh it's they, the, the donald glover part i was like really i love that i liked it it just looked i think it lingered a little bit too long just a little like oh, literally okay. like it's only like 10 it's only like 10 seconds but i feel like it could have been eight seconds to just like 
you move on because it looks so visually different. Okay, because, you know, I, can, you include, I can see what you're that, saying. That's, that's the thing. The other stuff all worked for me. Yeah, it was fine. Like seeing, I would like, say, I would say to that, I would say I, I can see what you're saying. I actually, okay, I can agree with you. I would have the change I would have done. It was not giving him lines, just show him, but not giving him any lines. Yeah, maybe that would have been like, but yeah. but yeah, that was that was cool. Also, all the live action clips throughout from every single live action Spider Man that we've gotten in the last twenty years. I'm like, oh, that hurts. It would have been. It Trauma. would have been interesting. It would have been interesting too to to include other live action things that aren't from movies that we've seen to like just to to sort of space it out a little bit. Yeah, uh, that would have been a little bit more for me. But I thought it was pretty interesting. You know, the villain was interesting. You know, oh, the different Miguel. characters. Um, well, I mean, Miguel. I don't even know necessarily if if is he really a villain? Villain? Like you know, like it's a weird, it's a weird, it's a weird villain. I kind of like it's, him. It's it's one of those more like I'm not ready to say he's a villain. I think he's right now in the antagonist kind of camp. Yeah, more antagonist. Yeah. Um, because I I when you step away for one second, what he says kind of it, it not kind of it makes sense. You know, yeah. there's he 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 is trying to maintain order, right? And then we see it at the end. What are not only with um the India world. That what's what's about to happen there and the cleanup that they have to do, but we see it at the end of the movie. What happens when the canon, um, in this case, the canon is not fulfilled? Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty stunning, I think, and it's really interesting. Um, I, I, even even like the the spot character, I think, is an interesting character as well. So good, the bagel, Stunts. all because of a bagel. <laughs> <laughs> all done so well you know i think it's it's quite fascinating here um and this is this really just plays in a lord and uh lord miller's like style you know and i think their 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 way of creating this style is really fascinating you know they, they were also the ones that did the mitchells versus the machines and like you know this visual style is, is interesting is a subversive totally mm-hmm. unique story something that i think is, is really good um now interestingly they they didn't direct it. they wrote this um and i believe they worked on you know they, they wrote the first one as well which you know obviously was was extremely successful um but you know they, they didn't go on as as the directors of this now there are actually interestingly completely different directors from the first movie to the second movie which isn't always the same isn't always like successful mm-hmm. um you can't really tell too much i would say with the visual style because visually it's going to be you know what the writers are going to write and luckily they had con- uh, consistency there but one of the things I thought was was really great was the um, the the voice acting, and that comes down to I think directorship. I think the voice acting here w- was really good. Now, one thing that's been happening with a lot of voice acting is we get you know really star studded voice actors, you know, or voice star studded casts, you know, in movies. Mm-hmm. You know, just look at the Super Mario Brothers movie, right? And the Super Mario Brothers movie, we have really big stars that are in that movie. And it kind of can be a miss because we're so we we are like disassociating the movie, the character and the movie from the voice. We can't do that. Like, you know, you can hear Chris Pratt as Super Mario. Yeah. You know, you you can hear it. And like, it's, it's a little bit distracting. It took me like 20 minutes to get rid of that in this. You know, we have big actors in this and but you can you can hear it. You, you can hear it, but you you disassociate it so quickly. And I feel like they do such a great job with this, you know, whether it's 
from some of the other like some of the characters some people i'm not really familiar with their work all that much like Shamik Moore, who plays Miles Morales. I don't I don't know anything that he's been. I've not really seen much of his work, so I don't really have an attachment to him. Even Haley Steinfeld, like I think her her acting as Gwen was, was terrific. Oh, she was fantastic. Really? Fantastic in this movie. Um but Oscar Isaac, I think, is is outstanding. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. I mean, he's also tapping into all he's hitting all the quadrants of nerdum. So it's, it's like almost too much for me, but um, he's very good. Even Jason he's in every single franchise. I saw that he is the first actor to play three characters in Marvel with apocalypse moon Knight, and now Spider-Man. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he does another one. All the Why money, not? all the money. Give it to him. I thought Jason Schwartzman was great. I he really was. liked his his character, you know, and I thought he did a great job. He's he's underrated, I think, and I think he does a great job in this. And you, you know, know who just, I loved, I, and I did not know it was him. And this goes to the point of like he's an A lister, he's an Oscar winner, but he never took me out of the movie to the point that I was so in, invested in the character. It wasn't until after that I realized it was him, or that I looked up who it was and it was him. Um, Daniel Kaluuya as Spider Punk. Yeah, I I I could hear it. Um, my problem is I, I mixed him in John Boyega up because oh, okay. John, when, when they both like they're, they're, they're both great British actors, they're but British when, accents, they, yeah. when they, because when they go into that the American, type of, no, they, <laughs> they play Americans all the time, which is yeah. not all the time, but they have played a lot of Americans. But when I've heard them both go into like the true London accents, because like both of them are have like really great, like thick London accents and you can ramp it up a little bit. And I've heard both John Boyega and Daniel Kaluuya and they're, they're very similar, but like, like in terms of their accents, when, when you, when you uh, do this, but it was really good. I mean, they, he was awesome. Like you forget that he's also British because he's played terrific Americans and he has a brilliant accent with that. Uh, But, but beyond that, I I think it's, it's really, really well done. Do you think that comes down to good directing? Oh, good directing and good writing. Um, And, and you need that. You need that. Especially like you said, good directing, because you're, you're the one that's there. Um, So, you know, when you do animated movies, you direct actors, people. I know there is some weird idea that you don't direct like these movies are like, I'm like, you don't direct yourself people like, come on. Uh, But you know, you need people who understand the character. You need people who let a, in voice acting, we, we use Mario as an example. You use Mario as an example. Um, you know, need, you need to let your ego to the side and not, you know, you're playing, a, you're literally playing an animated character. And it's like, oh, I got the Italian voice down. Mm, you never did. Um, but here they're like, they don't care. They're actually like acting. And it's just so fun. And it comes down to the director. Also, just as an Avatar fandom member, uh, Joaquin Dos Santos is one of the directors. He's like, a director of Avatar Last Airbender. So I, I like that he directed this movie. Um, he understands animation. He understands anime very well. He directed tons of episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, so it makes sense that this movie came out the way it did with the power. And Ken Powers, who wrote um, One Night in Miami, the play that um, a movie mm-hmm. version came out a couple years ago. Um, so they have very good directors for this one and the sequel because they both directed the same one. Yeah, Kim Powers also worked on um, Soul. He's the writer of Soul. So oh, I think, there you, you go. Know, that, 
works you know uh, the other the other one uh to, to just give him some credit justin thompson is the other person justin k thompson you know he he's also worked with them a little bit you know working in the animation departments of, of a couple of different series you know on um some different things and just you know i think they they did they did a terrific job here and i think it's really it stands out that they you know decided to give them the, the shot with this one and pick it up it's a big franchise it's a big it's a big movie and you know we know that it's going to be um Another one. We know there's a, th a part three uh, yeah. or a third a third film. Here. March uh, next year. Yeah, March of next year. So they already have that one down the barrel. So we'll see that one coming out. Now, it ends on a cliffhanger. OK, it really ends on a cliffhanger and it and a literal to be continued. Like a, a legit just like cut to black done <laughs> and says to be continued. You know, we uh, haven't had one of those in a long time. Do you think this is a solid ending or just a cheap way to keep in audiences interested? I think it's a solid ending. I thought it was fantastic. I, I, we, when I saw it, it was packed and everybody was like, no, but it wasn't a mad no. You could tell that it was, everybody was so invested in the movie. I think people would have stayed there two more hours <laughs> watching the rest of the film, honestly. Um, for me, I think it was, it's, it, it, it's good. It, it ends, um, in a very high note in the movie with a huge reveal and other stuff. And you're like, Oh my God, this is insane. This is amazing. Let's go. And I actually like that. It just, cause it literally cuts to black. It doesn't yeah. it just literally, Oh, who are you? Whatever. Mm, boom. Cut to black to be continued. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just great. And like you said, it's, it, this doesn't happen as much anymore. So I think it's something just cool as a movie fan. I'm like, Oh, cool. Right. Um, I knew going in that it was a two-parter. I know that mm -hmm. some people kind of didn't. Um, so I could understand. I haven't heard anything or read anything like bad, like that ruined the movie. More like frustration because they wanted more. Yeah. Rather than just anger because it ended the way it ended. But I think it was, I think it was super cool. It it ends you in a high. As a viewer, you're like over here, give me the rest of it. Um, and now we have to wait for a year. So I, I think it it worked. For me, it did. I think it I think it totally works. And I think, you know, we don't get a lot of cliffhangers anymore. We get like a lot of like, maybe this is gonna be the next one. We all the MCU movies are now like teasing the next movie. Like this actually clearly is a cut. You know, it's it's it reminds me of you know, successful movies can do this. Unsuccessful movies can't. <laughs> um, like most of the Marvel movies right now are like, we get it, there's gonna be another one. We don't care. But when Endgame when end uh when um infinity war ended you know when avengers infinity war ended with that that's a cliffhanger that you can accept you know because we know there's going to be two parts we always exactly knew be two yeah. parts. but when knowing you have a two-parter you can end on cliffhangers but as long as you deliver in that second part i think could be successful and i think you know, I think it really does have an opportunity to really land with a terrific final chapter. And that's the big, that's the next question here. I, I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about this a little bit. Um, you know, I'm interested in your take on this. Um, if they end on, a, should they end on a third movie, make it a true trilogy? So or before you continue, continue? Um, Phil Lord, because this came out today, um, it's, it's Lord and Miller, right? Yeah, yeah. As of now, as of June 7th, they did an interview, I think, with The Hollywood Reporter or Entertainment Weekly, one of those big, um, that they said that for them and the conversations they've had with Sony, there's not a fourth part. It's a three 
movie story and they ended there. So, is that what you want? Do you think that'll actually happen? Like, that's the question. Do you think that's actually going to happen? Or So is, yeah. is, is it what I want? Yes. I think I, 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 this is if they land it, if they end this movie the way the first two are, it's going to probably go down. It'll definitely go down as one of like the best trilogies out there. Um, and definitely one of the best comic book movies. So I don't need anything else. Um, we don't need to milk this. We don't need to create a universe around it. There's enough universes in the movie. We, we don't need, although this is primarily Sony with some with Marvel, we don't need this version of Spider-Man to be Marvel fied. We don't need yeah. that. So is, is it what I want? Yes. Especially, I've said it many times here, you know that I am a huge proponent and a huge fan of when creators um, know exactly what they want to do and end things when they want to end it. Is it what's going to happen? I think that's up in the air because we know that everything revolves around money. We know that everything, this, it, this blew up over the weekend. It, it went, it, it went over expectations by like 40 million. I don't know how people were so off of it. Um, so we'll see what happens because, uh, you know, money talks and the rest walks. So we'll see what happens, but I would like for it to be three. If that's the story they intended to do since the beginning. I, I hope it is. I mean, you know, it, it works as a trilogy. You know, trilogies are important. Trilogies work. You know, we've had trilogies for a long time, you know, going back to like Star Wars and Back to the Future and The Lord of the Rings. You know, these these ideas of trilogies, I feel like are very important. And if you continue to go beyond that, it's where you start to get the less successful movies. Um, and it can water down. And And for me, the thing with this film in particular is it's visually almost overly stimulating. It's it's very high up there. And if every movie was like this and we kept getting a bunch of these, it would be way too much. It would be too much. Too much an over over of like a complete overhaul. And it would be it would be just too much. And I think that if we just leave it to these three, and then you know what? Sony has no problem making more Spider-Man movies. It's not, it's not like they're gonna stop making them. They have to make one, I think, every five years in order to to keep the, the parameters of their the contract rights. so we're going to get them until you know we die so i have no problem with it and spider-man is going to continue to be around and there's no shortage of stories you could tell of iterations of spider-man you can present do they have um, to do do they have to do spider-man if you know um and you should google this um do they have to do spider-man films or spider-man related content i would assume films but but my, okay, but like like I mean using like, Spider-Man or do the Venom movies count as within the Spider-Man realm? I don't know. That one I don't know. But I'm assuming they'd have to make Spider-Man in them. That would be my guess. Mm. That's why we have so many Spider-Man. But that's by the way, by the way, that's why we have three different Spider-Man so far. Um we're gonna get another one soon, I'm assuming. Within the next 10 years, we'll have another Spider-Man. Well, the rumor, the rumor is that after this trilogy, and this is why I think the trilogy, the animated trilogy could end. Uh, is that the rumor is that after this, Sony wants to do wants to go back to do a live action on Spider Man, and they want to do Miles Morales live action. So, I wouldn't be surprised. That's where I see the continuation of this kind of Spider Man going. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. I don't really know. Um, I know that like we're we're gonna get we're gonna get more of them. We're gonna get more Spider Man. We're gonna we're down for it. <laughs> I don't I don't really care. Spider Man's pretty great. So. 
like I said, it, it's the same thing with like Batman. We're going to get more Batman movies. We're going to get more Superman movies. We're going to yeah. get all these movies. It's going to keep happening. So, you know, we'll leave it to it. I mean, I think I think this is a solid film. It's a great movie. I think it's something to definitely go check out in theaters. It's it's really fun. Um, it's definitely one to bring the kids to. They, they'll be engaged because it's impossible to look away because it's so stimulating. <laughs> I was uh, surprised there was a lot of kids in in my theater and I was interested in seeing how they would last two hours and 15 minutes with such an overstimulating film. It moved. And it moved very well. It moved very fast. And I did not hear any kids. I did not walk out thinking I want to kill them kids. So they behave. So I think the kids can um, enjoy this for it to be an animated film, long movie. Yeah, I thought it was really good. It was really fun. Um, definitely here for it. I mean, we'll see where it continues from here. I mean, it made $121 million over the weekend. I'm sure it'll make, I'm sure the drop-off won't be that big this weekend. No, I and I think I think it's a movie that, it should hold very well in a word to word on um, word to mouth got, kind of thing. Are you saying it's got legs like eight legs? Yes. Ah. <laughs> Why are we friends? Why do we do this? Why do we do this? I have one last question and you don't have to give me orders. You don't have to give me official rankings, but if you want to say like top middle, whatever, where would you put this across the spider verse in your Spider-Man um, list? If you were to do a Spider-Man list. Oh, a Spider-Man list. I'll uh, probably be near the top. Definitely. Mine definitely, would be number two. Top. Mine yeah. is number two. This this one officially has become my number two favorite Spider-Man movie. After what's your number one? Spider-Man 2 from the Tobey Maguire trilogy. The Dr. Yeah. Octopus movie. That's my that's favorite fair. one. That's probably, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. It's the dashboard confessional. I understand. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Do you feel vindicated? There you uh, go. I, 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 <laughs> Again, why are we friends? <laughs> uh, oh, no, but I'm happy that this movie's out there. It's great. Go see it. It is super good. It is fantastic. It's not super good. It's fantastic. Uh, now the question would be, does it get delayed next year or not? We'll see. We will see. Probably not, but we'll see. <laughs> Maybe they'll push it to the summer. Who knows? Maybe. I that was might be the only if delay. they push it, it could be like a summer movie. Yeah. That'd be the only delay. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back next week with some more stuff. I don't know what we're talking about yet because I don't really have many plans to go see Beast Wars. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, I might take my little nephews and nieces now that I'm here in Puerto Rico, but we'll see. We'll figure it out. But we'll be back next week regardless. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll catch you then.